On today's episode of the Nifty Nick Show, I am super excited to have on the first NFT fashion company. Artifact is now known for their massive multi-million dollar Felocious drop, their upcoming CryptoPunks drop, and as of today, huge funding round from Andreessen Horowitz and others. This show is all about learning from those with skin in the game in the world of NFTs, and as usual, today's guests are no exception, so let's get started. If you're looking for some crypto, you just found the right spot. We wrap it up, one of a kind, NFT straight to the top. Now don't go trading based on comments, we provide in this show. It's not investment advice, but our picks do tend to blow up. Like a rocket, they say. Many people have compared it to people's every day. So if you're trying to figure out what's going on in this space, please do not worry, your boy Nifty Nick is hot on the case. Yeah. All right, we're back, this time with Artifact. Welcome to the show, guys. We have the entire team here. Intro. That intro. intro. Yeah, the intro is very cool. And also, I don't know if you did it on purpose, but skin in the game, I'm going to skip that from you. Like, for all the stuff we say, you know. Because we make game skins, so it's pretty good. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I appreciate you all joining. This is the first time that we've done a show with multiple people or an entire team on it, but I'm really excited to have you all on today. So thanks for taking the time. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. So I wanted to start things off. Maybe we could uh, just give a quick, we don't need to spend all the time on the founding of Artifact, but I think it would be useful to share with people how Artifact got started. Uh, I know that it started in 2000, that you all came together, but how was the vision first created for this and what was the, the founding of it? Yes, I'll take this one. It's my specialist. <laughs> I know the story by heart. So it, we, 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 we actually started to think of Artifact in 2018. And, uh, at the time, so we met the three of us, like during that moment, I'll tell you the story because it's a cool story. At the time, I was working at Fanatic, which is a big European esports team. And I was the head of brand of market and marketing, making lots of cool stuff, et cetera. And I was really looking forward, you know, to work with actual, like, OG artists from the gaming scene to make designs and stuff and I had a Counter-Strike team and I wanted to make a skin for my Counter-Strike team and I and I checked, okay, who's the coolest skin designer in Counter-Strike and that's how I discovered Chris. Uh, actually through uh, Brock Ofer, which is another legendary skin designer and I met Chris and I was like, well, who, who's that crazy guy, you know? <laughs> when we started to do, we started to do the skin, the design and at the same time, just shortly after, he started to put some of these skins on some sneakers and we thought, well, dope, like it's like really cool to bring sneakers and game skins together and it was really working. Uh, we decided to make just one trial with a E700 and the Raven Fortnite skin at the time, which was like the, the first cool rare skin, kind of rare skin in Fortnite. And we did that mock-up in 3D and, and did the asset and we posted it on my, my esports team social media account on Instagram. And it blew up like crazy, like never had so much engagement and shares, like everyone was wanting the shoes, they were nuts. And with Christopher okay, like crazy, yeah, for sure, when you bring sneakers and game together, it makes total sense. We were also seeing my esports players or the Switch streamers, like more and more buying sneakers, like uh, buying like, limited drops, buying Supreme. So they were, of course, becoming, you know, People were aspire to be, and they started to develop their their fashion sense and then use their the money they were earning to flex with what they were buying. So we thought it would make the perfect sense, and then we met Z because my League of Legends team was going to the World's World Cup October 2018, and we thought, oh man, like they're gonna be 
in front of the stage, in front of everyone, like, let's make them the real shoes. Uh, and we found Z because Z at the time, I mean, he'll tell you later, probably he's done many things, but he was running very successful custom sneaker company. Uh, we made the shoes for my team. They went to the finals. Uh, they got obliterated by a Chinese team 3-0 in final, but it was still cool. They made it to finals. And everyone wanted the shoes. Everyone saw the shoes. So me, Chris, and Z started to hang out a lot more together. Uh, I mean, uh, virtually, because Chris was in the US and Z and I were uh, in London at the time. And we started to think about what we could do together. And, like, you know, sneakers was the perfect asset to start that off with. And we did just another thing. We did NFTs with Wax at the time and Fanatic for a collector edition we did in January 2019. And it worked super well and it was making perfect sense that blockchain NFTs would be the medium that would allow us to sell digital goods uh, and do that properly. And we just started to yeah get more our heads around together and thinking, okay, like seeing how everyone is, you know, gaming, we know gaming is the next gen culture. We come from there, we understand it, we know what's going on. We also understand fashion very well and we thought the three of us we can really invent the brand of the future. And we just started a social media account at first, and, and then we really started full on uh, in January 2020. Uh, once we all, like me, I quit, I quit my job at Fanatics, we, like, you know, started to have more time to focus fully on Artifact and, and create as well. So that's how we, it all started. Awesome. You know, what's really interesting is how you all came from the gaming community. I previously had on G Money on this show, and he was just talking about. Fortnite was actually what sort of brought him into buying NFTs was that he had seen um, some of the skins that his nephew was uh, buying uh, on Fortnite. And he was like, what the hell? Like, why would someone buy this? And it's so interesting to see, you know, a company that's founded at the center of that concept. Uh, It seems only natural. Yeah. And then inside the company, you have one of the most the grandfather, yeah, the grandfather OG god of kids, Chris. You know, he's like the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's even better. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that's pretty incredible. So to see it come from the gaming community makes a lot of sense. But I'm sort of curious, like, was that the community that adopted this first? Yeah, we saw sort of gaming community and like Gen Z merging into sort of more fashion communities uh, with like skins and hypebeast trends into operating. And then when we came across sort of NFTs in the early days, it made sense for gamers to be the first to adopt it because they're used to the mechanics of spending money on digital assets in skins like Fortnite. And I think the Fortnite analogy is great in that sense. And yeah, being gamers and understanding the culture that goes behind it, we sort of knew that we can help sort of bridge that gap as well uh, because all the actions people take with NFTs are similar to what happens in games and if they can be gamified. Awesome because oh. you don't have that element of ownership. No, the, yeah, I mean, sorry, I'm going to, you know, fuck up the podcast because of this, but I think yeah, we make a sense. We don't <laughs> use the term gamify. It's bullshit term. It's bullshit term used by people who don't use gaming and put that on LinkedIn posts, so we don't use I like it because it just makes sense. <laughs> no, it's shit term. No, <laughs> no. Well, but, but, but Nick, also, uh, I noticed uh, there's quite a few NFT collectors who came from the CSGO scene, which is where I'm from. So I believe like a few of the people I've met, they've already are used to like collecting skins and trading them on the Steam uh, marketplace, and they get that concept. 
So when they started getting into the NFT scene, it was it was almost pretty much the same thing, where you're clicking a virtual item and then you're flipping it back on the secondary, etc. So yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool to see all this uh, happening. Interesting. Yeah, and just yeah. a, a loop, you know, because actually, like uh, everything is a collectible, you know, like even like Magic cards, Pokemon, or whatever. But game skins, they have built-in utility, right? Those are made yeah. for the game. So. To us, when we started, because us were gamer first, like, of course, you know, we buy NFTs ourselves as well, like, and, and it's, it's a problem, by the way. <laughs> Starting to look at what, what if we want to spend or not. Uh, but we, we love that. that and, and we know, and because we've been surrounded by gamers, and my audience in this portal, like, pure gamers, you know, of course. Like, you know, for them, it's natural. Like, you ask anyone today who's 12 years old, like, okay, oh, what do you think about buying this, this cool image for, you know, a thousand dollars because it's made by this artist you follow on Twitter and that you love you say, of course I'm going to buy it. Like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a no-brainer for them. I think it's interesting. Well, yeah, I, I, I feel you guys on the addictive aspect of buying it, although it's a very quick way to go broke if you want uh, because there's so many expensive NFTs at this point in time. Yeah, me beat. Thank you guys for ruining us <laughs> <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, actually, I, I do have questions about that. But what I wanted to discuss, I wanted to ask, what was the first project that you guys started selling? I don't believe that Felocious was the first thing that you did, correct? Oh, no. First thing we did... Uh, Cybersneakers. Yeah, yeah, it was Cybersneakers. Yeah. Okay. So those cyber sneakers, you were selling them. We basically sold one pair for 30 ETH, and for us it was like a legendary moment. One, because it was our first NFT. Two, it was backed by the viral moment we created of Elon Musk with the Photoshop sneakers. And actually, someone placed a 65 ETH bid at the time, and they pulled it because they realized Elon Musk didn't actually wear them, which strengthened our sort of concept that 50 million people saw that image and they thought it was real. So what is yeah. real anymore on the internet? Was the person that purchased it disappointed or no? No, the person, uh, so... No, the, the guy who got it, he loved it, yeah. Got cancelled. Uh, the second guy got it and he listed it now for 69 or 67 million uh, for sale. So <laughs> wow. he loves it. I mean, good luck with that, but that, uh, that's incredible. Yeah, so, good luck, yeah. <laughs> so so uh, that's a small audience. But okay, so that was the first project. What it seems like the transition that's occurred is, is at least recently, I've seen since you guys, since January, has been a transition to partnerships with other influencers in the NFT world, starting with the most uh, popular one was you guys sold millions of dollars worth of digital goods and physical goods in partnership with Felocious. Is that correct? Yeah. So it was not a shift from day one, you know, because when we started Artifact, we always thought, okay, like how we build the brand of the future. And we think that the brand of the, of the future as an entity, first, like, there's no uh, CEOs, right? So that's why it's the three of us. Uh, that's not the first thing, that's one of the things. But uh, as well, you know, you need to be highly collaborative and act like a community itself. And so we always plan to have collaboration because, to be honest, we love working together, but every time you bring someone else in the mix, it becomes 10 times better. And we all idea together and we pray together. So... Being collaborative and especially, you know, Ferocious was super happy we did that with him because we supported him and his art is amazing. And, uh, and also we always wanted to make sneakers because, like, you know, even the best story. But be collaborating with different artists 
entities, communities, even, you know, we're very, very, that's why we do the Planck project, like, we're thinking, okay, what happens if, like, a crazy futuristic luxury house is doing a project just for a super small group of people, but you do the best you can just for these people. And we have the ability to this type of stuff, so collaborations can take uh, many forms and an our core. Yeah, so... It seems like that's like sort of the marketing strategy moving forward, or at least from, is that sort of like uh, how you're thinking about products and partnerships for the next, you know, for the coming months is essentially going after specific target audiences and building things for them? Because I've no. seen, okay. So, I mean, it, it, yes and no, because actually, you know, for example, for the tank stuff, and it's me doing a lot of the, of the Twitter, and honestly, at the best, because I'm a marketer, strategic creator, whatever you want, you know, I just like, but that. The past two weeks, interacting with all the banks has been the best. It was not marketing, it was just a connection, you know. And because it's such a small group, we didn't implement it as a marketing strategy. We just said, okay, that, that's cool to do. Let's send them messages, do the I. Let's, let's start to do one-by-one -one marketing because this project is all about individuality and uniqueness. And so it just became a marketing thing by doing it. So we don't think actually, not yet, like, uh, maybe sometimes, some point we're gonna wear suits and start to think with, with that and make audience numbers or whatever. But we just think of what what we think we could do and just we think okay like this it would be a really great project where we can include a lot of other artists just like we did the, the first test with Space Grip. Some of them were thinking we really want to put one idea you know in the wild and either with, with ourselves or we think who would be the best partner to make that, that, that idea stronger and have more impact. And other times it's um around communities that work starting now with the times, but we did as well something with Luxo recently and, and by doing this we discovered a lot of the Luxo community and I love, you know, it's simple stuff is how they they use GIF a lot on Twitter, you know. So now I understand that and I can connect with them through GIF and they have their own style, their own, you know, art styles they prefer, they their own way of tweeting. They, they want to pump luck, so, so what can we do for these specific guys? We just think how we can make the best, and instead of thinking of just general audience marketing, it's really community-based. So yeah, you're right, we're doing it, but we did it in a natural way, not, not in a marketing strategy way. Yeah, which makes sense. And it seems like, I mean, I will be honest, I, I've watched a lot of my friends who I've connected with already and people who I already knew tweeting about their early access to your uh, soon-to-drop CryptoPunk project, and it, it's made me want to check it out and uh, made me interested in it. So it's, it's working whatever you're doing. I think, so I have some more common questions, I think, as it applies to Artifact, which, you know, most people see it and they're like, you know, the common storyline was like, oh my God, people are buying digital clothes. This makes no sense. And I think when you see it coming from the skin standpoint, it makes a ton of sense. What I'm sort of wondering is that crossover into the physical uh, component. I have two questions about that. One is, I see that you wrapped these Nike shoes. Do you have any official partnership with them? So, so on that, they're, they're actually not Nike shoes. They're our own base model, which we call the Artifact Creator One. We have an innovation studio in the UK where we produce the pairs and factories we work with in uh, Portugal. So they're a completely base model. It looks similar. It's a similar silhouette to the Air Force One, but yeah. Interesting. Okay. So it's a bit like Babe. Babe did it with, you know, Nigo and Babe did it with Babe. Uh, you know, but if you're referring yeah. to our old stuff, so like when we first started, 
our Instagram account when we were babies, we we use a lot of Nikes for our content yep. and a lot of other brands too. But we we recently stopped doing that. Got it. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so maybe I shouldn't bring that up. Um, <laughs> the, I, I think that's no, where you I, can. We were on call with them today. I think we were cool with them. I mean, I could see Nike definitely gaining a lot of value for, from something like this, uh, especially since there seems to be a lot of overlap here with the hype beast community, essentially, uh, which seems to cover a lot of this. And one question that I have has to do with the other part, which is the physical version of these. Are there NFTs like built into those shoes? Is there a way to like track yeah. them? Okay. So how, how our model works is the NFT is the main thing that people buy. It's the like money plate or passport into all of our experiences and utilities. So the physicals, how they're tied is every physical will have the token ID imprinted on it. And why we do this is one NFT can potentially unlock multiple physicals over a period of like two to three years. So we're thinking on the long-term basis and not just short-term. And we want people to sort of hold on to that NFT so they get access to new physical products down the line. And we're always working to upgrade and push the limits of what people can unlock using the NFTs. So we want our audience to hold for the long long run. Yeah, and it's like this. And I heard Benoit say this in another uh, meeting. I forgot which meeting it was. But basically, the whole thing is like oh, the you know, game you know, as a service. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the gaming aspect. That was yeah. a really nice uh, yeah. thing. <laughs> so, no, because you know how, basically like, you can think of... Uh, yeah, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. like when you're playing the game, right? The game is essentially always in beta <laughs> and they're always updating it, updating it, updating it. So owning one of our NFTs is essentially only like a game where it's always going to be updated with new experiences. Like even down the road, if you want, we would update the look of the physical sneaker. So that would be like the new update 4.8 or something. And this experience will continue on and on and on. So that way we always retain the value for the, the NFTs. And a, a physical example of this is some of the like concepts you see on our Instagram or the cyber sneaker. The cyber sneaker is a pain in the ass manufacturer. Like the technology is either there in some capacity, but it takes a lot of R&D. And we're working to develop these products. and. When the time comes, the NFT holders will have access first. And that's why the funding announcement today was really big for us, because it allows us to invest that money back into creating more utility for our existing audience and fan base. Okay, so I actually did want to discuss the funding in a moment. So did you just partner with a shoe manufacturer? Or are you guys planning on just becoming a large shoe no, manufacturer? Yeah. No, we are. No, so the, we the, are. the story with this, we have, to have our prototype lab in the north of England, in like the city where the Clark uh, family and uh, you know manufacturing is, is, is there since years. It's called Somerset. And we took two of the best employees of Clark. The guy was in charge of all the collaboration product development. And uh, called Daylor, and an amazing girl called Rasa, who was in charge of the 3D prototyping side, you know, of the of the sneakers. So they make all the base uh, one of ones, or you know, seeding pairs or samples that we make. And then once we need to make more, we work with a dope factory in Portugal that Daylor actually set up a long time ago for last year. <laughs> Uh, so we have all, all made up because we have just we just took two people who are just fucking good at what they do and we come from the real expertise of shoemaking and also rapid prototyping. 
and and then after because of all these years of experience we can you know you don't need to to, to have so many employees or to do a crazy and we will never do 10 10,000 shoes anyway uh, all the physicals will always be ultra, ultra limited and need to be energy. got it so you acquired this company is that what happened or this team no no we didn't acquire we took so no it's just, just it's a famous in. company yeah go ahead just to jump in we built our own sneaker prototyping team and production line all in-house so yeah we're a basically a manufacturer as well for our physical side of the product because the level that we want to go to you can't do it by sort of relying on suppliers so we're trying to innovate as well especially in the footwear industry uh, we're working to create models and shapes and silhouettes that haven't been done before and implement technology so yeah that sounds pretty crazy uh, in terms of uh, vision, which is, I guess, what is that what you were pitching for this latest funding round? No, our pitch no, we were pitching been... uh, culture. That's it. <laughs> 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 no, we were pitching this, and 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 I really, you know, just thinking of how you think of a fashion brand completely differently. First of what it makes being mainly digital, the type of talent you need to make that type of of, of new companies. How you interact with the community and also act as a platform with that community to empower creators to step up and make their own money and and their own brand and their own cloud. So that's what we were pitching. Got it. Okay. So maybe we can hit on that that round real quick. So that's funding from Andreessen. You guys just raised like eight million dollars or something like that. One obvious question is: is it seems like you guys have been digitally native from the beginning? Why not go about raising funding in that way as well? Why go after venture capital? Uh, we went so, for venture capital because, I mean, let me take this one. We, well, we went for venture capital because it's not, it's not about the money. It's like who gives you the money. And, and what we do is so ambitious and so different that we didn't want to just go after just one source of uh, revenue or income or make that uh, just through our own existing network. But we wanted to really group together like a crazy group, a bit like so I, we did the joke of the Jedi Council. But you know, in in lots of movies, you have these super crazy groups of uh, everyone is like the 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 president of each planet. You know, when you do intergalactic meetings, <laughs> and we wanted to get all these people together because what we do is so unique that uh, we think we need we needed to be surrounded by the most you know extra people, smart people, creative people possible, but all coming a bit from different backgrounds so that even how we work with them together and how we connect them together, because our thing is really about like merging worlds, connecting things together that were not connected before because the culture was not there to connect it for the people who are in, in, in decision. And by getting you know, people like blockchain people like Rohan or Key Ventures who are like amazing innovators in China and in Asia, uh, ACCZ were like the ultimate goats and like, you know, they bring a lot of validation as well. And, and they did amazing investments in gaming companies lately. So they really understand the space and they are like crypto gods as well. Bringing all of these people together was really enabling us like uh, to really make these big, big, big quests we want to get on and, and to, to change the fashion industry, what we're doing and, and empower all the creators with us. So that's why we raised money and, and, and went through. That route and might as well get money, you know. <laughs> Why would you do that group? But mainly it was to get that group together to really empower what we're doing. I think it's still a valid thing to to wonder about, though, because 
theoretically, so you have this sort of dedicated fan base that exists now. You've built this community of people who are purchasing digital goods from you all. I don't know where you're based, actually. That would be the first question. It sounds like I've heard two accents so far. Where is everyone located? We're all over the place. We, we, we meet online on the metaverse. We don't have physical location or presence, and we don't plan to. We have sort of our innovation department, but we, we move about. <laughs> and we, we can move about. <laughs> yeah, but are you talking about like us three where we're at currently? Is that what you want to know? Yeah, I'm like, are you all in the oh, same yeah, area? Yeah. I mean, I'm in, I'm, I, I hail from Salt Lake City. I'm a Salt Lake City native, native in Utah. I'm in Mexico yeah. currently. I've been waiting for my uh, American visa. So I've been in Mexico the past <laughs> three months. In the hammock. In the hammock. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With monkeys. Yeah, and, and me, I'm in Paris, but uh, Z, you, you wanted to keep it mysterious, but Chris, you, 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 you bunked it. Oh, shoot. Yeah, So, like, is the company based in the U.S.? Yeah. Yeah, it's incorporated in the U.S., yeah. Got it. The, the reason that I was asking is because I understand that, you know, uh, trying to raise money in, from a crypto on a, like, Issuing your own token or something like that is something that's really complicated. If you're based in the U.S., you need uh, significant advisors, large consultancies, lawyers, mm -hmm. other things like that. And then a lot of the people that I know have gone about doing that now live outside of the U.S. permanently or have to commute on a regular basis. Like the code needs to be committed from the Cayman Islands. There's like all sorts of like rules that that go into that. So. I was thinking, okay, well then maybe they're just U.S. based and it's you know way easier to raise money in a venture capital way in the U.S. But there's so much money today right now. Like if you all opened up a token, I'm sure immediately there would be you'd have you know 50 million dollars or something like that that you'd suddenly have accessible. So the token is launching tomorrow. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we we might have a token coming out. That's part of the reason why we might we, we got funding was to sort of be able to surround ourselves with professionals and advisors who can help with issues like securities and because a lot of the stuff that we're working on and doing right now is new and uh, legislation hasn't caught up so that's a very important part of what we do and everything we, we do we want to make sure it's legal and can benefit the community. Interesting. Well, it seems like everybody in this uh, space from the VC side at least that uh, are involved in the crypto space, you know, has a friend who works at the SEC or something like that. At least that's what they all claim. And that one person <laughs> who seems to be influencing policymakers there. But, you know, w whether or not it doesn't really matter, but that's really exciting to hear that you may all be working on something like that. I have another question unrelated to that. You guys posted a tweet today mentioning a game associated with the new uh, Larva Labs oh. Mebits project. Where did you get that information from? No, no, no. So it's me. So first, it's not Artifact. It's me who posted that. And I uh, spoke with this keynote as well. You warned me. I didn't know. So it was just pure speculation because I was excited yesterday. I think what they've done is amazing. And the art style, like how it's really, you know, already in crypto world tomorrow, how it's going to be made to be across multiple metaverse games. And I just speculated that there might be a game there, you know, because they have so much possibilities because also I thought if they launch their game by first releasing 20,000 unique avatars that are acting as if you, you save your seat to be in the game in a very limited community focused game, that would be the best way to start the game rather than just launching the game and then having avatars as microtransactions in the game. 
to start with the avatars and how they did it, I, I think it's genius. So if they have a game behind, maybe, I don't know. Uh, if they don't, it's okay, because they, their avatars are going to be multiple games anyways, uh, with the way they did it. It was just pure speculation because I was a hype and I was imagining there might be a game, but we have no clue. And, and I, I'm sorry, people thought that we had insider info. We don't. Okay. Well, yeah, I was definitely wondering, you know, this project in particular has definitely been speculative. It would probably be the best description of it because a lot of the people that I speak to about it, Amoebits, that is, are all like, the future is in the metaverse and here's all their grand plans for it and everything else. But literally... I haven't seen a single official statement really from Larva Labs at all, except launching the page and people bought all of it. Like there's been no communication whatsoever. So it's hilarious to see the community develop a story around this. And while I have faith or would hope that they have, you know, really great intentions, my understanding of them is that it's two guys that essentially put together the first CryptoPunks. And I don't, do they now suddenly have some large team that's building out this metaverse? I, I'm not aware of that. But you think that honestly, you don't, I mean, you need large teams, but you don't need that much of a large teams these days, especially if you, you use uh, uh, generative design. And, uh, and they seem pretty good at what they do. And as well, even if they're not doing a large team to do their own games, the way they, they are setting up their avatar systems to be usable across multiple engines, multiple rigs. You know, and also the outside people are comparing it to Minecraft, but they didn't pay attention too much because it's really high definition. Uh, they, they simulate a realistic material, so you would have that these people could meet it in multiple games. It would look cool everywhere. So if they just release it as a way for other people to integrate it, you know, as they want because they they want to bring their super cool, expensive avatar in game to flex then they've done the right way. They don't even need to do again. It would be even cooler that they say nothing ever again and not release anything and that people do, do their thing with it. But maybe they have a game, but I've got no info on that. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, it, it would be crazy if they didn't do anything else with it and everyone else, that all it was was pure speculation. I mean, it, I mean, that's what people are doing with CryptoPunks as well. You know, like they just released that us while, you know, using this as a, as a canvas for an idea we had and, and a service we want to bring to points to make something really dope. So I think it's the, the kind of the beauty of, of crypto as well because the community is so creative and you have developers, you have like, you know, designers, you have like people coming up with financial models. So, you know, a good team of free people, I mean, like us, you know, like they can build a crazy metaverse game, just three guys, you know, two even uh, these days because people are so smart. So it's possible. Awesome. So one question I have to ask is, what does each of you do as part of the company? Like, what are, what are your roles? I mean, we don't really, we really act like a free, free-headed uh, dragon. Uh, but mainly, <laughs> uh, but like Chris is the master designer, is doing all the, all the 3D, all the crazy stuff, the video, the CGI. Uh, me, I'm doing all the marketing strategy, uh, partnerships, uh, talking, having, having last minute ideas to, to annoy Chris. And <laughs> Z as well is participating I mean, in all the ideas, everything. We're always the three of us, and Z is more also like the crypto specialist, uh, master gambler, uh, who make, makes good bets and super, you know, cool, cool guy. And, and all the business, like, yeah. like, 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 like,
Yeah. Yep. Awesome. It's interesting to, to see the dynamic uh, play out in real time. I'm going to be completely honest. Excellent. So I don't have any other questions. I'm curious, like, what are what do things look like over the next, you know, over the coming months here? Uh, you have the CryptoPunks drop. You claimed that there's going to be a Mebits project, which is funny because Mebits launched like two days ago. Uh, but, but I'm curious. Yeah, but because, no, but because, look, like we... We had already punk projects in the plant and were about to launch. And, and Mibit, we love it. It's voxels. We've been doing some experiments with voxels. We haven't shown yet. So, of course, we're going to do stuff for, for Mibit. Interesting. So, the CryptoPunks project as well as uh, Mibits are both uh, voxels based projects? Nah, no, so you see. <laughs> it's not, not good. But uh, what we have needed, we don't know when. Like, well, we are, we already started yesterday to map out all the sneakers they did, uh, how did you know how they started to make the ERC, what what kind of shape it could add. Uh, yesterday we started already. Uh, but the the punk project is uh, yeah, 11 of May. We have as well uh, tomorrow. This, or when? No, 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 this year yeah, yeah, excited about that one. Huge, yeah. Sorry, what was that? That one, Chris? that one we've been working on for uh, a couple months already, but it's with the legendary uh, designer Jeff Staples. He's known for his Nike Dunk collab he did back in the '90s, and he was very notable for starting the first sneaker campout riot in New York City. But his own sneakers go for like twenty-five to forty k on StockX.com and a lot of other resellers. So it's kind of dope that we got to do, uh, drop a project with him this wow. Thursday. And so he's actually designing these CryptoPunk shoes? Is that no, crypto so this is a separate, a separate project. Chris and Jeff collabed on the design yeah. of a sneaker. There's two sneaker models coming out uh, and also a Meta Pigeon. So it, it's going to be a really cool drop. Wow. So what is the price like for the ones that end up getting actual physical sneakers? How much does it cost to... You're saying that these are like $40,000 projects that are launching... Is that like the target? No, so his resale uh, price for his shoes that he releases can go from twenty to 40000 just because he's one of the most famous sneaker designers who's released some iconic pairs and it also kick-started the whole trend of people camping for sneaker releases mm-hmm. in the early 90s. Our pricing is starts at 500 bucks. It's active for 15 minutes. And then after that, we cap it and it's closed forever. Everyone who buys gets a physical counterpart. And also we have something dropping for $1 limited to 100 pieces. And this will give access to uh, Jeff Staples today. And that's all we can say for now. Awesome. Okay, I'll stop prodding on that. Well, I appreciate you all coming <laughs> on the show. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you. How can uh, people find you? So Not we're Twitter. on Twitter, Artifact Studios, and then our personal handles. Zatio, Clegg Effect, and Benito. You can find them from the Artifact page. Oh, I have one last thing. What are the different ways that people pronounce your name? Wow, we've had a lot. Artifact. Artifact. Artifact is my favorite. Artifact. Yeah, Artifact is good. Artifact. Yeah. But it's Artifact, actually. Yeah, it's the reason now. Awesome. We are planning why, why uh, so good. It's like uh, a, 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 a Sonic branding uh, soon, like with different voices so people get it in all languages. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate you all coming on. Thank you, Nick. Take care. Thank yeah. you. Take care, everybody. 
That's it for this episode of the Nifty Nick podcast. And if you made it this far, make sure to subscribe at thenifty.com. Thanks again.